Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Better Than Yesterday. I'm Osher Ginsberg. Thanks for being here. I appreciate you for being here, being a part of the show. It's uh, Friday, the 24th of September, 2021, and this podcast is just here to help you make today a little bit better than yesterday. Something you hear on this show is going to leave you tonight going, you know what? I heard that thing, and I heard that person on that show say that thing, and today's better. That's it. I've been here since 2013. There's over 400 episodes. Mondays, I'm here with the guest. Fridays, I'm here with you. And that's it. My name's Osha Ginsberg. I'm a TV host. I'm a documentary maker. <laughs> I'm an author. I'm a podcaster. I'm a backyard squat doer. And um, at the moment, I'm a mullet wearer. No one knows, but I've actually got a mullet right now. My wife has cut me a mullet in solidarity with our son. I might find a photo and put it up online somewhere, but I've got another thing I've got to shoot in about 10 days from now. But for these next eight days, I think I'm going to be rocking my little NRL finals haircut, which is pretty fun. <laughs> it's pretty fun. No one can tell on the Zoom calls, though, because I've got the big over-ear speakers, so no one, over-ear headphones, no one knows that I've got a mullet when I turn my head. They can see this little neck blanket starting to appear. It's pretty fun. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much for your support and the lovely, lovely, lovely messages you wrote about A Matter of Life and Death, the documentary that we did and that ended up on SBS. It's on SBS On Demand right now. No, you can find it at sbs.com.au. Uh, wherever you are in the world, there are ways to watch it, but I'll leave that up to you to find out. Send out your email at gmail.com is my email address, and it's always lovely to hear from you. And that documentary was fantastic to make uh, and brilliant to watch the other night. I watched it in full the first time. I skipped through it to see which stories made the cut for when I was doing press, but I didn't want to watch it in full until I could sit down and watch it with Audrey. And, um, yeah, profound. If you haven't seen it yet, I really hope you can check it out. If you've never 
been through any kind of mental health issue, I really hope you watch it just to give you a bit of a perspective on people that do. And if you have, I want you to watch it so you can go, oh, right, it's not just me. And plus, it's a place full of hope. You know, it's a documentary that can give you a lot of hope about treatment and possibility. And um, that's what I'm all about. You know me, I'm about possibility. But this episode today is a very, very, very special one because the team at Loon Media and SBS, so Loon Media is the um, production company that made the documentary. They're a fantastic group of human beings, Leonie Lowe and Jody Boylan and um, David Galloway and the, the rest of the crew there who made this incredible film. They've given me something very special to share with you today. Now, when we do these interviews uh, for the documentary, obviously they're much longer than what you see. Only a few short minutes makes the cut, I think. The bit that we're going to play you today is from probably for me the one of the most profound moments of the of the film, and one of the things that really resonated with me so intensely was my conversation with Joe Williams down at the river, and it's a river. I won't say the exact location, but it's outside of Cowra, which is in I guess midwestern New South Wales. <laughs> it's, it's 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 a ways out. This is about 350 k's west of where I'm sitting, maybe a bit more. Anyway, the conversation that I had down by the riverbank with Joe Williams, I think only two or three minutes made it into the actual film, but the team at Loon and SBS have actually given me an early version of the cut, which is about 13 minutes. And it, it because the stuff that he and I talked about is just so important and so profound that I just, I'm, I really wanted to, as much as I could, amplify what Joe has to say. The short version, if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, is that the things that my doctor has told me to do, get some good sleep, connect with other human beings, give yourself a bit of purpose, try to understand that you're part of a bigger picture, look for beautiful things around you, get some exercise, do something of meaning for another human being and have some meaning in your day and understand that you're accountable to a greater community. These things all help me make better decisions and make my mental health feel a whole lot better. Now, the thing is that Joe's ancestors, the First Nations Indigenous people of this country, knew this stuff. They just knew this stuff. And how do I know they know this stuff? Because they baked it into ritual and ceremony. Moving, connecting with others, understanding you're a part of something bigger, being humble before something larger than you. This stuff has led people to better outcomes, clearly. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been ritualized and ingrained in culture that was practiced and taught and handed over from generation to generation to generation. And so you're going to hear Joe and I have a, have a walk down through the beautiful, beautiful uh, river gums. Glorious, glorious gums they are, humongous things. And you can hear the cockatoos all around us and it's this beautiful, idyllic kind of space that we are in. And then Joe and his crew invited me to participate in ceremony and dance with them. And I'll come back and talk to you about that in just, in just a minute. So this is me and Joe Williams walking barefoot by the river out west of Cowra talking about mental health. Now, in this conversation, Joe does mention suicide and attempts. If you have any kind of icky feelings inside you, maybe today's not the day to listen to it. If you do need support around this, I'm just a bloke who's got a podcast, I'm not a doctor, you should call Lifeline on 13 11 14 right now or get in touch with Beyond Blue or get on Kids Helpline, they have a web chat, you don't even have to speak to another person, you can just chat with a person right now, right now. So get some help, 
get some support. Is that Wolfie upstairs singing? I think it is. Okay, have a listen to Joe. I'm going to go check on a baby. I can't tell you how long it's been since I've walked barefoot on dirt, man. <laughs> been a city boy. <laughs> wow. What is this place? Farley's Beach, man. It's got some sand and everything. <laughs> So we let them old people know that we're here, that we're respectful and we don't mean no harm. And just, you don't walk into someone's house and kick your feet up on the lounge. Yeah. You, you, you acknowledge that you're in someone else's house and you introduce yourself. And straight away, I'm saying, Joe, you are connecting yourself to something so much bigger than just who you are. You feel that wind? Yeah. It, 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 it's, we believe, it isn't a coincidence that that wind happens at the time that we're talking about that and we're showing our respect to that. That wind comes up and lets us know that they're here. This connection that you have now in your life, it wasn't, it wasn't always this way though, was it? When you were 13, you got uh, a scholarship to play football in the city, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And, and it was when a lot of the issues started with me mentally and emotionally. Um, when we talk about concussions and head trauma and, and, and it's, it's well documented now around the research of that stuff. For me, on the back of my first concussion, it started a negative dialogue inside my head that, that really plagued me for, for, a, for a massive part of my life. What changed? What was suddenly there in your life that wasn't there before the concussion? Uh, the conversation. The negative talk, you know, it, it, and, and negative talk was always there, or well, talk and chatter between the years was always there, but it was louder now. It was louder and it was more constant, and it was, it was, it was a tougher conversation now. It was all, all of a sudden about how worthless I am, and, and how I would second guess and question every decision that I made or conversation with people, and extreme paranoia that people were talking about me, and it buried me and buried me and buried me to the point where it, it started to tell me that I was worthless, that I was no good, that I wouldn't amount to anything, and that I should end my life. What I thought in that moment was to not take it away, but silence it through self-medication. Oh, you're not alone there. You know, so many of us do it. <laughs> it's quite handy at first. It works for a bit. I had to hide it somehow mm. because I was trying to do my best to hold down a rugby league career. What was it that led you to your first kind of diagnosis? It was my, my ex-wife at the time, and she was the one who first planted the seed that I think you're bipolar. So I was like, what? No way in the world. Because everyone spoke up so negatively about it, you know? I didn't think there was something wrong with me. Um, but I was medicated for a long time, and again, this was all new to me. It was new language, you know? Like, am I supposed to feel like this? I don't know what feeling right and wrong does, you know? I know that I felt like rubbish a hell of a lot of the time and with the negativity that was happening the suicidal ideation and uh, so for me it was it was a real challenge throughout that period um, to find the right medication in that period and then I was medicated and over medicated and under medicated and, and the, the like you lose 10 years of your life going through medication trials and you know, for me, I remember the first time that I took a, a mood stabiliser, I went, wow, this is what it feels like. But then I started to question that when I was at a funeral and I couldn't cry. You know, these are natural emotions that we all have that 
through hurt, loss and grief that we express ourselves and I couldn't do it. And it was, it was some conversations again when I'd come off medication and I was sitting out on country with a, with a, with a special old fella, uh, an elder, and he said, I don't believe you're mentally ill. I think you're spiritually ill. And it's your spirit that's hurting, it's your spirit that's broken, and it's your spirit that needs healing. And I, I went away from that conversation confused, but, but ready to have a red hot crack at it because I was starting to concentrate more on the cultural practice of, of being an Aboriginal person this part of my life. And, and I felt so alive when I was practicing culture. I felt so connected. I felt the blood pumping. I felt everything that was in me as a First Nation man that I would have felt for thousands of years. I go out into the bush, places like this, sit, connect to them old people, to the stories, to the elements of the earth. And the magic happens. When you're in that connected moment, when you're feeling that healing that you're describing, um, if you're okay to talk about it, and it's okay if you don't, um, when you're in that moment, that connection moment and feeling that healing rushing through your body, how does that compare to when it was at its absolute worst, when you, you made an attempt? There isn't a comparison. You know, you, you, you can't compare being, being spiritually strong and full. It's something in your gut that you just, you just feel so alive compared to a place where you're laying on the shower floor or too tired to get out from underneath your bed sheets with everything inside your head screaming at you to die. For me, that is the most terrifying place I've ever been in my life. And I don't wanna go back there. Something bigger than me kept me here. And when I realized that something bigger than me kept me here, I've got now a new responsibility. They say that the two most important days of your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why you're born. For me, I genuinely believe that I found out why I was born in, in surviving that suicide attempt. Did you feel disconnected at those parts? Oh, again, two very different parts of my life. So yeah. I, look at, I, look at, I look at my rugby league career, then my boxing career, and then I look at culturally connected and culturally disconnected. The places where I was culturally disconnected are the places where I was most sick. The places where I'm culturally connected the most, spiritually, emotionally, is where I just I feel on fire, man. I feel on fire. And for me, that is a place of safety. That is a place of comfort that I don't want to go away from. Yeah. What, 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 like, when we're talking about the mind, like, it entices you to go back to those, those places and it, and it entices you to, to not exercise and to not go out in the bush and to not sit around a fire. That's what the mind does. That's what depression is. People think that depression is just a bad day or a bad mood. Depression robs you of life and it lies to you and it bashes you into a corner. When you're sitting out in the bush and you're staring deep into a fire or you're connected to the river and the waterways, 
It's a place of contentment, a place of safety and a place of calm that is indescribable. I don't question that. Now all the books in the world can document it as science, but our people were the original scientists. There's no dream time stories of suicide. There's no stories There's of no suicide, stories. Yeah. right? So, so in, in over two and a half thousand different dialects of language, if nothing means to end your life by your own two hands, it tells you it wasn't there. If there's no story of it, it tells you it wasn't there. Everything that we have in culture is, or there's, there's a story to everything. So if we've gone through 100,000 years of no suicides, no meaning, no description of suicide in our communities, and we've gone in a space of 230 years to now some of the highest suicide rates in the world, like I said, what we did worked, what we're doing now is not working. So the way I encourage people in communities is to learn about them old people. At the root of everything is disconnection, disconnection from who we are as people, disconnection from culture, disconnection from our relationships, disconnection of, of having a purpose in life. When we look at what culture and law and ceremony does, for thousands of years, it gave our, our people a purpose. We go through life with a purpose. When we have a purpose, we know where we're going. Just one final thing. You talked about the two different times in your life, um, the time when you were not connected to country and culture, and the time when you're connected to culture and cu country and culture. What would you say to anybody watching who wants a bit of what they see in your eyes? When they see your eyes light up when you're talking about that, what would you say to them? It's a place of safety, it's a place of comfort. But again, I was walking for many, many years in a place where I didn't fit. I didn't know who I was. I was taught and told I'd, I should be something, but I didn't feel that something. So the reconnection to culture and the deeper I delve into it, I find that my spirit just sings. And that's how and why our old people have been here as the longest continual race of man throughout the world. And I just invite every single person to become or do their best in becoming the best possible version of themselves and whatever that may look like. You don't need to force your identity. Who you are is who you are. You just need to learn about who you are and why you are. And we only do that by sitting in silence. We only do that by questioning some of the conditioning that we have. And we only do that through learning about some of them old stories. They're so pretty. It's uh, them old people, again, the animals, the spirit of animals, the spirit of the land, who we are as Aboriginal people, we're so connected to. Um, so when we, when we hear birds like that screeching at us going past, we either saying hello or telling us to get out of here, one or the other. They <laughs> say they're saying hello. <laughs> that diagnosis made things made sense for you? Yeah, it made sense to me. You know, it. Um, but with that, when it makes sense and you get the diagnosis, it doesn't fix the, fix the issues you're having. You know, you've got to do the work. For it to work, you've got to work. It's beautiful to be in these sort of places, you know, and, and, and I attribute... Uh, 
connecting to this stuff as my medicine, as my therapy. Too many times it's worked for me yeah. not to believe it. All right. So that's me and Joe Williams standing by the river there in Cowra. And uh, in a moment, you'll hear what happened when Joe invited me to um, dance with him and um, be a part of ceremony with him and, and his guys. But firstly, you might have to hear an ad break here. Why do you have to? Well, because I've got to keep the lights on. I've got Andy and Rachel working with me on this show and, and we make the show together and got to get them paid, you know, because food doesn't just magically appear in the fridge. So if you hear an ad, thank you. If not, I'll be right back with the rest of my chat with Joe. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. So, thanks for listening. This is Better Than Yesterday, and... You've heard me and Joe Williams talking as a part of the documentary uh, Matter of Life and Death, which is on SBS On Demand right now. You can watch what happens after Joe and I talk. Joe and his crew invited me to participate in ceremony, and that involved painting ourselves with ochre, a smoking ceremony to cleanse the body and cleanse the spirit. And then we did a lot of dancing, a lot of dancing, and I danced like an echidna, and I danced like a goanna, and I danced like an emu, and... My heart was racing and they, they taught me how to dance. And they have, it didn't make the edit, but it's um, it was incredible. Now, what did it do? It got my heart rate up. It gave me a sense of belonging. It gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a sense of, you know, it mattered that I got it right to the people around me and I wanted to do it to make them feel good. I wanted to, to show them that I was reciprocating their care into, you know, that they were putting into me. And it gave me a, an enormous sense of belonging. This white guy from Brisbane, who is an immigrant to this country, I felt so embraced down on that riverbank. And then we danced, and as pretty much as soon as we stopped dancing, I, I just I was just exploding with excitement and joy, and my head was just buzzing. And um, this is what happened. On behalf of us here, thanks for coming out, man. Joe, thanks for sharing our space. Like this, I, I say it all the time: is that there's nothing to be scared of with non-Indigenous Australia. Like this is the oldest continual culture in the world. So and it's at, our, it's at our fingertips to learn from and we see how it makes us feel better. So come and sit down with us at our table. Thank you, brother. Mate, I'm honored. Thank you, guys. Thank you all so much. The way we think about it too, this very place for thousands of years would have had people doing the exact same things. The same stories, yeah. the same connection, the same love, 
that's why that's what kept us well I'm full of endorphins I'm full of serotonin I'm full of dopamine I can feel the support and the love from all these people around me this is science look what it's doing to your head now look what's doing to your spirit now I say it all the time that this is my medicine this is my therapy this is my therapy room right this is better than every single psychiatrist's office I've ever been in hands down <laughs> So that's my reaction to participating in this traditional ceremony with Joe Williams and his incredible team of, of men that he connects with. It's a ceremony of the Wiradjuri people. That doesn't mean it's the same ceremony right across the country. There's different ceremonies and rituals for different parts of the country, obviously. But to be privileged enough to participate in that was just incredible. Joe's been talking about doing that with me uh, since the day I met him, actually. And the chance to do it was just amazing. And what we did right after that, right after we stopped filming, right after you heard me say that's the be better than any psychiatrist room I've ever been in, we walked into the river and we washed the ochre from our bodies and we just let the water flow past our skin. And this, like Joe was saying, look, there's science to being, you know, stimulated like that and feeling the cold water on your body and feeling your skin cleansing from something you know, muddy or, or dried caked on you and and being present to the sensory sensations in your body. And if you listen to Andrew Huberman's podcast, the, the Huberman Lab, you'll know that there's there's science behind all this stuff, behind being present to those sensations and, and what it does to your brain and the things it fires off in your brain. So Joe's not lying. Joe's not inventing things when he said that stuff is science and that it is, that it is baked into the ritual and the ceremony that is taught from generation to generation for thousands of years tells me that as humans we've figured out what makes us feel good and what makes us be you know better to each other and kinder to each other and get on with each other better and some of those things we've put into ritual and ceremony they get passed on so they're never forgotten so these ways of living and being become part of culture and then it's a healthier community to be in there is so much to learn so much to learn from the first nations indigenous culture of our country and i'm incredibly honored that Joe allowed us to be a part of that, that he showed me and allowed me to experience it. I would want everybody that I meet to experience that. And I'll bet you there's ceremonies and rituals like that in every, every First Nations Indigenous country right across the land. And we have so much to learn, so much to learn. And I'm just excited that hopefully we'll be able to bring these learnings into the mainstream Australia sooner than later, to be honest, because there's a lot to learn there. Once again, I couldn't be more grateful to Joe and the amazing group of men that I danced with that day. It was a beautiful and life-changing experience. If you want to see what it looked like, if you want to see my face, uh, you can check out the show. It's on SBS On Demand right now, sbs.com.au. A massive thanks to Jody Boylan and Leonie Lowe at Loon Media for allowing me that audio that I could play you today. Thank you to SBS for letting me have it. And um, thank you for listening. I really hope you got a kick out of that. And I'm so grateful I could share it with you. I'll see you on Monday. Monday, we're going to talk all about uh, meat. <laughs> yep, we're going to talk all about meat. And I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be a goodie. All right, my friends, thank you for being a part of the show. Until we speak next time, sleep well. I dream of beautiful things.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 